Hey, Tim, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, Tim, you have a background in uh, anything from youth athletics all the way up through uh, coaching college, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, thankfully or regretfully, I've been <laughs> working in sports my whole life. So you're you're the you're my go-to expert on this type of, especially with uh, college recruiting, because you started a company with that. You, are you still doing much with it? Not really. Uh, we still have that aspect of the business, but uh, really have in the last couple of years pivoted to where ninety-five percent of the business is international sports tours, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. Absolutely um, has a lot to has a lot to do with my burnout <laughs> with um, with dealing with um, the recruiting, the college recruiting process. Uh, when I started the business 10 years ago uh, as a college recruiting company, and um, then we started the tours about halfway through. All right. Tell me about what your company did, so then we'll talk about your burnout. So they realized what you did and what got you there. Um, yeah. So when I started it, I had been a college basketball coach for eight, for eight years before that. Okay. Yeah, so I had knowledge of the recruiting process, I guess some passion to want to help kids, um, you know, teach them how to do it. I just saw so many kids not know what they were doing, kids and families not know what they were doing, so kind of felt I could help people. Um, So when I started the business, it was uh, strictly college recruiting, so we helped uh, athletes with uh, marketing themselves to colleges, talking to coaches, making highlight videos. Um, searching, researching colleges, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, about halfway through, we started doing international team uh, travel in the summers, uh, cool trips to Europe, which is another thing that was just a passion of mine. I had some experience. And um, and then over the last five years, that has slowly um, changed to where a lot more time and effort was going toward the tours and more of my passion was going toward the tours and the recruiting part of it is kind of winding down um sort of on purpose <laughs> right it's uh, you we've heard, you've shared some interesting stories in the past when we've talked um because one of the things i always thought was interesting but you also said it was probably one of the bigger headaches maybe not bigger headache but is when you'd uh help people figure out what level they should be playing at yeah yeah and, and i i don't know i guess i just always saw that as um, like a positive thing, like, hey, find out what you're good at and do that, or find right. out where you're wanted and go there. But what has, over the last 10 years, what has become increasingly just insane is the disconnect between reality and, um, you know, what parents and athletes have in mind right so and how many was it often that parents and or even the who had the bigger misconception about the kid's ability the kid or the parent you think both both but i think deep down the kids know and i think the kids i mean you know if you work with kids especially this generation of kids they're they're very sensitive mm-hmm. and they they worry very much all kids i think always worry more about what other people think about them but this generation for sure um, so I think from the kids perspective they want the main motivation for these kids is they want to write I'm humbled and honored and blessed to receive an offer from yada 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 on their on their Instagram or their Twitter that's it 
That's that's the driving force <laughs> behind every single thing that goes on in their life is they want to write that I'm blessed and humbled, which is obviously it's a humble brag and you're not humbled. You're actually bragging about it, which right. is fine. Hey, you can go ahead and brag, but just, you know, do everybody a favor and leave off that you're humbled and, <laughs> you know, blessed, you know, whatever. Hashtag blessed. So, yeah, I think they, because they're sensitive, they're worried about that. They're worried about this one little social media post they're going to make. And I would always tell kids, you know, you know, I would ask the parents, you know, how, how many people from your high school do you still talk to? And for me, you know, it's two or three people. Yep. And for most people in their 40s, it's two or three people. A lot of times it's zero. So I would always tell them, the, you know, looking now at the 17-year-old, why do you care what these people that you go to high school with now think about your post about how blessed and humbled and you are about the school you're going to? These people aren't going to matter in the long-term scope of your life. So I think the kid... You were hitting him some brutal kid, honesty early on. Say what? You were hitting him with just some brutal honesty early on. Yeah, I mean, it just... I just want. I just wanted what's best for the kid. Yeah. You know, there's nothing more than that. I didn't want to... I don't want to make, I don't want to make, uh, kill kids dreams. I don't want to make them feel bad. I don't want to, you know, take away the hope that they have in their life. I honestly take money from the families and I want to do a good job giving them value. Yeah. So, you know, it was (laughs) nothing more than just like, you know, trying to get them, you know, being honest with themselves is the first part of it. So anyway, I think the, the kids, you know, they're worried about that, but deep down they know how good they are because they play against these other kids that are division one players or whatever. Yeah. And they know they, you know, if it's basketball, they guard them and they're like, Oh yeah, this guy's a little taller and a little bigger. And you know, they know yep. it's the parents that, um, that for the most of the time are way more delusional than the kids. And you know, what are the reasons you know, is it they underachieved as athletes themselves or never came to grips with how good they were or whatever? Um, maybe it's that. Maybe it's just, you know, good old American. I want my kid to be successful. I want. I care about my kids. So I want them to be good or whatever those reasons might be. Um, but another piece of the puzzle is also increasingly they're told how good their kids are over and over and over by the youth sports machine. Oh, yeah. So – because these everybody wanting their kid to go to their camp or join their their club team or you know so these parents are told oh this kid he's so good he's so good compared to these other kids he's so good and you know they just don't aren't even close to reality of of um you know how good a kid is actually today i was playing hoops at lunch and tj warren was in there um training um you know tj warren former um NC State player. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the Pacers. Okay. And I, he's been in there before the gym that I go to. There's quite a few NBA people that kind of train there before the old guys. They let the old guys (laughs) play at lunch. Um, They don't play with you guys. Why wouldn't they play with you guys? Come on. No, no, we (laughs) they would we would backdoor pass them to death. We wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. Or, you know, their their big uh, their big NBA contract. But anyway, I made a comment to a buddy of mine that I was like, you just, I said this today, I said, you look at T.J. Warren, his face is huge. I mean, his 
his bone structure and his face, his shoulders. He's, he is built like an NBA player. And I'm like, how do so many six foot one guys, you know, that are playing division two basketball right now, honestly think they're going to, you know, that they're NBA players or professional, you know, like I want to be a professional basketball player. All you have to do is glance at a guy like TJ Warren and be like, Oh yeah, he's a, He's, he's, he's a, a different species. He's a big. He's <laughs> yeah, all, they are large human beings that play the game of basketball at the NBA level. Yeah, and and even at Division One level, like right. I could, most of the time with basketball, I could just meet a kid sitting at his kitchen table, and I could probably tell you what level he could play at just by looking at him. And I know there's people, if you know, listening that might cringe and be like, "Well, it's about the heart, and it's about the character." and yeah, yes, that, that, there's part of that. You know, there's some guys that obviously um, outkick to their coverage or, uh, you know, yeah. um, play better than what their God-given ability was. But, that's but those a, people that, are also super talented. That's you know, not, they, they, they have this ability that is noticeable. That's a Disney um, story. It's not a normal. Yes, yes. It's like, oh, look, there's a special... Well, you used to talk about the Rudy story all the time with like, is that the type of college career you'd actually want? Yeah. And people would use that as, well, Rudy could do it. You know, he was, yeah, he didn't play until the last game and then he played one play. (laughs) So you want to, are you, are you setting out to go play college and play one play? You know, or people would say, you know, you know, Steph Curry is little and obviously he's had a big, you know, um, he's little in NBA standards. Story. Yeah, I mean Steph Curry is is he's six three. Yeah, he is he is slight, but his parents were NBA players. He was playing at a really high level when he was a kid. Um, yes, it's true he went to Davidson, but he was really really good at Davidson. You right. Know, that that stuff gets overblown a lot. Yeah. No, people see me. I'm like I'm about six three. I'm like, do you realize I'm at least height wise as tall as Steph Curry? And everyone thinks. I somehow played basketball. Yeah. Yep. You're like you're, you're talking about he looks like Jason Kidd was what like six two, six three. All these guys that always look tiny I, on the court. Look tiny, yeah. And, yeah, Steve Nash, I think, was six three. Yeah. But like in the rec league game, these guys would look like beasts, you know, at the church rec league. Yeah. Yep. So hey, if you did you hear about the uh the baseball brawl out here in Lakewood, Colorado? Yeah, I saw the video. Um, what, the, the details I know is it was a seven-year-old game, and the umpire was thirteen, and yep. the umpire made a bad call, and then fireworks went off from there. What What am I missing other than that? That's really the Cliff Notes version of it. It's you know, it's a seven-year-old game. I don't I don't know if it was. I can't imagine it was seven-year-olds pitching. Like it had to be a team. I mean, who? What seven-year-old could pitch or something? Yeah, yeah, the but, T-ball. Yeah, and then I mean, what I mean, like, what has to happen in a parent's mind where they go, you know, what it is worth fisticuffs over some call on the field of play because of my kid, seven year old or old. I've seen it in older levels, like in varsity games, and parents going crazy over yeah. over and, a call. Yeah, and there there might be something else you know maybe the two parents that started it knew each other and you know somebody was sleeping with somebody's husband or whatever you know you never know if there's right. more to the story than that's why i asked you if you had any local uh, colorado uh details but 
I have not heard anything I mean, like that, but that's a interesting. That's a solid theory. Yeah, I mean, because obviously it looked like they were going at it pretty good, but these things are becoming really common. And I, I mentioned earlier, I um, started to try to write a book a couple Dude, years ago about right. just like nonsense in youth sports, and I, I wrote a chapter or two, maybe the introduction, and I couldn't. I really couldn't figure out with a premise other than I just wanted to vent about all the stuff I've noticed in the last 20 years that annoys me. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably not really a good reason to write a book. You got to <laughs> kind of have a reason. So anyway, the, when I started the book, the, the introduction was about when I graduated high school in 1997 in small town, Wisconsin, um, there was this one parent who was like a weirdo and he would like sit in the stands and yell a little too loud at the refs. And he would like, all the other parents were like, you know, this is back in 1997 in Wisconsin, so all the other parents were just normal and quiet and maybe wanted the team to win, but they wouldn't want to, like, cheer just for their kid because that would be like, oh, you're not cheering just for your kid. Well, this guy was doing that, and this guy was, like, cheering only for his kid and yelling at his kid during the game to shoot more. And every person in the town was like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's weird, you know he's he's not right there's something that that activity that he's doing we're kind of roll our eyes or shun him and nobody like it well now i think he's the norm i mean right. i think now when i when i meet a family i honestly i've met with thousands of families over the last 20 years when i meet a family who's normal about sports i make a point to tell them you know what you guys are really normal you guys are really good like you're you're not killing everything about youth sports right now congratulations you know what i mean right it's like, it's like a teacher going up to you and saying you know you did a great job not cheating on this test you know, <laughs> it should be the standard it's, it's weird know? that it's you turned to that type of my company you're a good employee you know like, uh, it, it, it's crazy it, it's the the majority the vast majority of parents are are insane about youth sports and the ones that are the worst i'm i'm convinced of it the ones that are the worst are the ones that start out by saying well i don't mean to be this parent <laughs> but let me be this parent i mean it's it's, <laughs> it's funny how many times i hear that uh is it now correct me if i'm wrong on this i always had it when i coached basketball if you ever had a parent helping coach you always wanted that parent to either have the kid that was the worst on the team or the best on the team yeah the, yep. one, the so ones then, in the middle were the were the problems because, like, oh, they might play yep. some. It's depending on the matchups. The kid that was worst, they knew they weren't going to play much, and no one argued it. If he was the best, he was going to play a lot, and no one was going to argue it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that, that makes sense to me. Because uh, – and, and now, you know, I always get a laugh, too, when, you know, every parent that complains – and here's the other thing, I think. You're, hey, Tim, you're getting really muffled right now. Okay, let me. Uh, Almost like you're like see if, the phone's leaking away. See if that's play. better. I can I can hear you pretty good. So, okay. um, let me make sure like I get in a good spot. That's perfect, right um, there. When I lost my train of thought now. Sorry. Um, Talking about parents yeah, and interactions. Yeah, the um, ah, I lost it. It'll it'll come back <laughs> to me. I'm sure. It's okay. It's okay. When when you're dealing with the parents and like the ones that are more out of touch with reality is, is how do you think they got there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I know, you know, I know obviously some of it, the psychology has to be involved. You know, I think everybody to a degree has a, uh, you know, looking back on your youth, like I wish I would have been better or wish I would have, you know, I wish I would have accomplished more. So I'm going to live vicariously, you know, through my, through my child. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just always have had a unique view of that because I was, as an athlete, really, really tried hard and was a, you know, a good high school athlete, but not great. Yeah. And I feel like I was about as good as I was going to be, um, you know, so like I don't have, you know, I, I didn't, I don't have any like, oh, I've left so much on the table. Let yeah. me let me have my kids make up for it. So, you know, I think that's part of it. I honestly think it's just the machine they get wrapped up in. I think it's, you know, if you talk to, if you talk to coaches, they're going to say, if you can talk to like high school coaches, they're going to say, Oh, it's the parents that are getting nuts. You know, the parents are just getting so bad. But if you talk to parents, they're like, well, these coaches are pressuring me and they're, you know, they're bad. And then if you talk to club coaches, they're going to, complain about the high school coaches if you talk to high school coaches they're going to complain about the club coaches <laughs> but the reality is everybody's got their hand in this thing yeah and you know and, and it's none of it is good for the athlete i'm convinced i mean none of it is um if you had a so, ma- if you had a well, magic wand you could wave over youth sports what would you change if you said you know tim was in charge for a day and the rules will stay oh i mean I don't even know where he'd start. I don't even know how feasible some of it would be because some of it is just, you know, the the, the market, the free market. People that people started to understand you could have showcase events in AU teams. You know, right. you know, there's many things I wish were different, but I don't even know at this point that it's so far it's so far removed that uh, I don't even think you could. I don't think any changes you made would make a difference and you know i think about this so you know we travel to europe a lot yeah and in europe they don't have sports connected with school you know sports are a club and that will eventually happen in america i mean i think you'll see scholastic sports go away we've talked about that with some people out here in colorado before yeah i mean as these clubs i mean it's already happening some of the more you know, higher socioeconomic sports, you know, good, really good soccer players aren't playing high school soccer anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously with sports like tennis and golf, you know, you're not going to play on your high school team, but I think that'll happen. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, it's just difficult to, to, it, it's difficult to navigate that. And, you know, the sports specialization, you know, that's another thing. There's literally zero people there's zero experts that say specializing in one sport is good. Yeah. All the medical, all the medical people say, no doubt. I mean, your risk of injury is so much greater if you're really young and you specialize. Even like the, you know, professional athletes will say, you know, I'm, you know, they attribute their success because of playing other sports. I mean, you know, even myself, I mean, you know, playing basketball, I'm, yeah, as a 40 year old, I'm, the moves that I have, I mean, some of those I can attribute to playing football in high school or yeah. playing baseball, hand-eye coordination. You know, like, almost every professional athlete has said that. There's nobody saying that specialization is good. Yeah. But specialization numbers 
continue to ra- to continue to rise. I mean, you know, almost every kid is having to choose at an earlier and earlier age when you know what sport they want to play. You know, and sticking to that and playing it year round. Yeah, no, that's that's going to I mean, be obvious. Yeah, that gets ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's and it's it's so it's it's so hard for me because I've been in this industry for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen case study after case study of burnout and the of a lot of kids that were in my recruiting program chose not to play in college not because they didn't have options they didn't want to anymore yeah they were just tired of it. sports became a job for them um they never had they never they didn't develop their love for sports on their own it was to please mom and dad you know they got in the suv and they drove to practice and this is what i do and my mom and dad seemed to like me more when i play hard and do better so i'll do this and then you know obviously the kid's going to get better because you keep paying a trainer to, to work out with the kid, you know, seven hours a week. And I always hear from so many parents who like, Oh, he's, he works so hard. I mean, he goes to training three or four times a week. I'm like, yeah, he's going all the places you take them and pay for <laughs> Like what, what kid's not going to do that? Like, right. you know, I mean, is he going on his own and practicing? Is he getting off the couch oh, when no. he doesn't have to? Yeah, he's you're 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 shoveling him around to different things that you pay for, and then you want to give him credit for doing that. I mean, yes, it's great that your kid is doing that and not slinging drugs. Congratulations! But he's he's not he's not going on his own and playing. I mean, when I first started doing recruiting videos, yeah. we would it's just so comical to me. We would have we had a video crew here in Raleigh, and we would schedule a time to. Uh, videotape the athlete so we could, you know, put together some, some highlight videos. And, uh, you know, we'd try to do it at a game, but sometimes it would be the off season or whatever. And we would be like, well, let's just find a time where you can get to a field or get to a gym and, you know, do a, do a workout do some skills and that you normally do in practice. And we'll, we'll put those on video. Yeah. These kids would tell me, well, I don't have a field or a gym. And I'd be like, what? Like a football player or what? a basketball player, you know. And they would, and they would be like, well, where, I go, where do you go when you play? They're like, well, I don't. I just go to practice. I'm like, so you don't ever play? A, you don't ever do your sport other than an organized practice? And they'd be like, no. <laughs> it was baffling to me. Yeah, no. I, just, I couldn't believe that. Wow. And, I, and I'm like, well, if you're going to play in college, like, you probably should – play you know outside of your team practice you know but it, it was a it's a it's a generational thing. it's just the way you know and these these parents want to give so much credit to their kids so much for just going to the practices i mean that is everyone does that heck when, that's fun when you're a kid like you should if you like your sport i mean it should be fun you're not yeah you, you don't get a gold star for you know wanting to play a fun sport you know? <laughs> uh so then when you've talked about the guys trying to play at the next level, how hard is that for like the term I heard you say before when we talked in the past is like every team's got a leading score. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the, you know, the I'm a math guy. So I, I like, you know, I like numbers and I would show these families the numbers and say, you know, there's 
25 times more high schools than there are colleges, just on average. Okay. So just on average, one one college team is a, a combination of 25 high schools. So obviously, like a sport like basketball, you're going to have more of your players coming from the big, you know, major 5A schools. Maybe in baseball, you're going to have more Orange County in Florida and Texas. You know, there's more more kids there than there's going to be in you know, Iowa or whatever yeah. that go to play division one. But on average, you're talking 25 high schools to one college. So, you know, the, every team's your leading scorer will, you know, 25 best point guards are competing for one college spot. So, you know, there is a spot for a lot of kids to play in college. There are, you know, there are options. Mm-hmm. It's just, you have to be realistic about it. You have to cast a wide net, you know, you have to be, um, targeting schools that are a good fit for you. If you have really good grades or if you, you know, have uh, willing to go to unique colleges, then you can put those odds a little bit more in your favor, but it's still extremely competitive Absolutely. Um, at any level. So did you, did you find more kids wanted to play their sport in college to play the sport or for financial, like getting scholarship money? Um. I would think almost everybody I worked with in the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, I think some scholarship money for the sport is a motivation. But I think deep down they knew, you know, maybe it wasn't, you know, finding an opportunity to play. But it's such a loaded question because, you know, when you're talking about an opportunity to play Division I on a full scholarship, that is a whole different ballgame than getting a $500 scholarship at an NAI school that costs thirty five thousand dollars yeah and the kids that get those oftentimes would have gotten that same scholarship if they didn't play a sport so what i mean by that is like if a kid goes to you know some crappy small school in the middle of nowhere yeah they're going to give that kid a two thousand dollar baseball scholarship because they know that's going to get him to come there well if that same kid just applied as a regular student he would have got a two thousand dollar academic scholarship yeah, they just they labeled it something differently. Yeah, they don't stack them on top of each other. And go, oh, here's your two for academics, here's your two for baseball. You get four. It's just you're getting two anyway. Yeah. But nobody wants to go to the cubicle the next day and brag about how their kid got a $2,000 um, math scholarship because nobody cares about that. But they want to, you know, the parents want to go and brag that their kid got a baseball scholarship or whatever. So the schools know that, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> coaches know it. So it's just a big game yeah. playing off of emotion, yeah. you know? So there was a school, I, I want to say it was in Iowa maybe. I, it's they, they recruit a lot out here. It was for soccer. What they would do is they'd basically give anyone a $1,000 scholarship for soccer just to show up. Oh, yeah. And they realize, yep. you know what, most of them aren't going to make it past their freshman year, but if they do, they're going to pay more in tuition and we'll get our money back than that $1,000 is ever paid for. Yeah, there's there's very few schools that are actually um, losing money by giving scholarships. Yeah. You know, you know, the big time schools that, you know, are given, you know, big time outside of division one, the, the top division one schools, you know, obviously they're making that money back. Uh, you know, Ohio state is not losing money by no. giving football scholarships, but uh, nope. you know, most of the schools that give partial scholarships, you know, there's still, there, there's uh Schools will have what's called a discount rate. Essentially, it's a price um, that 
the breaking even at. And if, and here's the other thing, and I think this goes back to another reason why I, I've sort of become disinterested um, or, or less interested in college recruiting mm-hmm. is I don't believe in I don't believe what the colleges are doing is I don't believe in it anymore. Okay. And what I mean by that is when I was, um, you know, a coach, I really believed that some of these kids getting an education at a private liberal arts school um, was a better education than what they could get at their local junior college or their local state school. Um, There's two reasons I don't believe in, in it. One is a lot of the private schools um, have, ridiculously raised their prices over the last 10 years. Okay. Um, these private schools that used to be 25 grand or 18 grand are now 50. And what they do is they jack the price way up and then they give a bunch of scholarship money to make people feel like they're getting a deal. They're getting their, they're getting, uh, it's like going to Kohl's. <laughs> it's like what? It's like going to Kohl's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You get Kohl's cash and you get this and this is 80% off. Well, yeah, it's still the same price as you get it on Amazon. So yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. So that's the one. And then the other reason, you know, not to turn your podcast into a political podcast, a lot of these, you know, private schools have really become, you know, liberal bastions of nonsense. So, you know, for me, it's like a lot of the kids now, and I have kids myself, I'm like, you should go to two-year school and you should get, if, if money's a factor, you know, if you don't, if you got the money and you want to go to send your kid to, you know, Colorado or, you know, USC or something for the experience, by all means do that. But if you really want to save money, if you want to be economical about college, you should go to a two-year school, a good one, yeah. and get your, your, your prerequisites out of the way. And then you should transfer to your state school. That's, that's usually going to be cheaper than your private schools. And now, I never said that 10 years ago because it wasn't, that wasn't as true. I mean, 10 years ago, there were a lot of places where you could get really quality and there still are, there still are some good schools out there and there's, there's good value schools and there's terrible value schools. Um, you know, there's, there's a full spectrum. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to take, um, you have to be a smart consumer when it comes to, um, picking out of college because there are some really really bad uh expensive schools that aren't going to give you much value back so that's kind of you know kind of why i've soured a little bit is like you know my role is to give advice and guidance but like a lot of times i'm fighting an uphill battle yeah you know i'm i can give the guidance you know and i don't have to listen to me you know they're paying me for my guidance and um you know by the time they get to me um they're so far down the river, I can't help them. Yeah. And they've drank so much Kool-Aid that I can't help them. And, and I've, I've actually met with people the last probably couple years, yeah. and they just start going off to me about, you know, when they start naming all the teams that they've played on and all of them have elite in the, in the name, <laughs> and, you know, they start telling me about how the, their sixth grader is ranked number 42 in West Virginia for linebackers and, you know, when they just start spouting this nonsense, I'll tell them straight up. I'm like, you drank so much Kool-Aid. I can't help you. You know, like, uh. I needed to get you before you, you know, way, way upstream. Like you're so far down, you're drowning in this stuff. 
I can't help you because you're insane. Uh, <laughs> you're the, the, literally the, insane now. The expectations of what reality is versus what what they're expecting are two different worlds at that point. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think kids like? Uh, um, why do they play the sports? Like, obviously, the parents were kind of, you know, painting with a broad brush that they you know, living through their kids a little bit. But or, and they just want their kid to be great. But like when a kid, you know, in an honest moment, why is he playing the sport? You think? Well, I mean, sports are fun for sure. So, you know, there's some kids that, um, you know, really love the the sport. Um, I just don't see much competitive desire from this generation of athlete. You know, I know for me, you know, with my experiences growing <laughs> up, like I like sports because it's fun to it's fun to be compete. competitive sometimes. Yeah, it's just you know whether it's playing ping pong with friends or whatever, like you. <sighs> it's just fun to try to win. Yeah. no. And I just don't see that that much because we've really taken that in, in there's two sides of that. You should not be competitive at your seven, seven year old little <laughs> league game, but you, it's okay to be competitive at your high school game. And, you know, now, uh, you know, every, everything a kid does now, it's about a showcase. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm playing this AU tournament. Why? Well, coaches are going to be there. Okay, so what? Is, there, is it a game? <laughs> is the other team wearing uniforms that look different than yours? Are you keeping score? Do you not just want to try to win? Isn't it fun just to play? Like, what, what does it matter if coaches are there? Right. You know, it's, just, it's, it's like, it's like the, all of society has been brainwashed to think that, like, it matters so much. And so I give – recruiting talks all around the country at all these um, different events that I do. Yeah. You were in Denver First just a few weeks I, ago. Yeah, I was in Denver this, was it this spring or this, yeah, this spring, I think. Um, I'll try to get back there. Uh, I'll try to get back there in the fall. Um, and I always start off when I talk about it as a, before you go down this road, just honestly ask yourself if you really want to actually play in college. And there's nothing wrong with saying no. There's nothing wrong with right. it. No, I don't want to be a really good high school player. And nothing wrong with know, that at because, all. Yeah. So most kids, most kids spend their whole time as a youth athlete focusing only on the potential of being a college athlete, and the majority of kids never play college sports. Well, now look what you've done. You've you've now made everything about the next level. Oh, next level this, next level that. You know, you've made you've put your entire focus you know that you say living in the present you didn't live in the present at all you were only focused on this this hypothetical next step that was supposed to be all end all the greatest thing ever ask almost any successful collegiate athlete about their experience and i'm talking about successful ones ones that were like all conference or all american or whatever and they will give you a bittersweet if you really ask them honestly they will give you a bittersweet explanation of their career they'll say you know it's it's not it doesn't live up to what the dream of it really is most of the time now there's some awesome parts about being a college athlete um but most of the time it fails sort of the expectation so you know these these coaches and parents i mean these athletes and you know parents with them they're going to hate their high school coach why well he's not doing enough to help me get recruited they're going to hate their club coach. Why? Well, I'm paying them all this money. I'm not getting recruited. Coaches aren't showing up. They're going to hate their teammates. Why? Well, there are obstacles standing in the way to them getting recruited. They're going to hate everybody and make everything negative 
And you know what? They just ruined all the fun that youth sports could have been. Right. You know, their whole, all the experiences you could have had in high school. I remember that one time we, we, we went over to Lakewood Christian and we won by two points and, you know, all Johnny those hit stories. that shot. And then, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not worried about that. They're just worried about how many coaches are going to be there. Yeah. Well, the, the reality is if you're good, you're going to get these, you're, people are going to know who you are. You know, you, it's not like you're going to happen to be at the right place at the right time and, you know, you hit a three and then some coaches gives you a scholarship. There's so much, there's so much nonsense that, we, that goes into the thinking. We try to motivate our defensive players that way. Like, don't let that guy win a scholarship on you tonight. Yeah. He's gonna, he's raining threes yeah. on you. There's a coach watching. He may give him an offer because, he, you know, what he's doing to you. Yep. So... One thing I like about you, though, Tim, is that you're not you. Don't, you have you. You mentioned the problems, the issues, but you also are a problem solver with those travel teams you talked about with the international travel. Where everything I've seen on that, I've read about it, uh, read the reviews of people that have gone on it. They seem to just have a blast. They enjoy the, like you said, they enjoy the moment of it. They get they get to go play the game for fun in a new new environment. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the the point. It now we try. I try to be specifically different from everything else in youth sports. Um, we try to find athletes that want, <laughs> that that are different, that are, you know, fit what we're looking for. But there still are crazy sports parents and, you know, kids that, um, you know, that, you know, you try to use our service or you try to use our business. As a platform uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if I, if I, you know, and I, we're really, so we do a lot of things to be, to be different and to, you know, we make athletes um, go through a pretty tough application process to get accepted onto one of our teams. They have to get letters of recommendation of, um, from coaches or teachers speaking to their character and ability to be a, a role model, things like that. Yeah. Um, and we want, we want to accept the kids that take that seriously and, you know, look to that as a big honor um, I, you know, I, we, we select our trips and plan our activities to try to give kids an experience, you know, like, Hey, you like, you like lacrosse, you like basketball. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go have fun, do it, play against some teams from other countries and leave it all on the field and, and have fun and enjoy it. And not, this isn't about getting a scholarship. It's not about, and I think the reason why I sort of pivoted to, to creating the, the business, the model and, you know, the purpose of it mm-hmm. is because of my experiences in the recruiting process. I've just seen so much of the nonsense. I'm like, can we just do something without the nonsense? Can we just go on a fun trip? Uh, you know, what's cool about sports? I'm a team sports guy, right? I don't yeah. really love golf and tennis and stuff like that because it's No one's perfect. It's okay. You know, and do what? No one's perfect. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I like, I like the fact that, you know, I can play basketball with four people and individually uh, we might be the sum of our parts, you know, might be greater than the whole. And you might play somebody who has five players that are individually are all better than us five. But if we play a certain way, we could win. And I just think that's what's cool about sports. So, um, you know, I, you know, so I like the team atmosphere of, you know, going on a trip and, and, uh, you know, meeting new people, 
coming together through sports. Um, obviously, I'm uh, patriotic, especially nowadays, and it's cool, especially in the state you live in, to everybody that hate that hate America and think it's awful. I happen to think it's really cool. How backwards um, is that? To, on the... <laughs> I I happen to think it's really cool to be proud of where you come from. Right. Um, if you're not proud of where you come from, then you know, come from somewhere else. Go nope. live some. You can live anywhere now <laughs> today in the world. You know. More, so you're going to get me on a tangent here real quick, Tim. <laughs> more people are more proud of the university they didn't go to than the country they live in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good way to put it. Like, um, they'll, they'll be more so, upset if you, you say know, something bad about the Buckeyes that they barely yep. maybe ever step on campus. Yep. No, that's, uh, yeah, you probably would say that for, for almost every – you know, big major football school, a lot of their biggest fans didn't even, you know, weren't smart enough to go there or whatever. <laughs> um, I went to a branch campus of uh, Wisconsin, so I can uh, still call myself a Tyler Badger fan. Oh, even though I didn't enough. go there. Fair enough. <laughs> no, one of the one things I like is with what you do is because, like, one of, the, one of the things we tell our parents, like, I coached high school basketball for years, is that some of the most important times you're going to have is that ride home after the game or after practice. And that's the, mm-hmm. t- that's the time to be a parent, not a coach. Because those are the moments that they're going to remember for years to come is like when you go, you go get a Frosty after the game or you go to Dairy Queen or you do those little things that become memorable. And that's what, like when you say kids don't want to play in college, I, c- I can tell you a number of guys I've talked to when they did and then they go, it's like they didn't have that ride home with their parents anymore. It, it just wasn't the same game anymore that they were playing. You know, they weren't, yeah. they weren't playing with their friends. They weren't playing, you know, in front of their family to have those moments after the game or after practices. And they just, it, the fun for it wore off real quick. So it's like, enjoy it while you're doing yeah. it. You know, it does, it, like I said, it doesn't, there's always opportunities to play a sport and a lot, there's a lot of opportunities to play high school sports if you just put even a minimal effort towards it and just to enjoy those moments yeah. when you can. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that some of my, you know, best memories are you know from the friends that I played sports with and it's not you forget about the score and you know you forget if you won the game sometimes but you know yeah that's what's great about sports that's that's just what's frustrating to me is I'm a sports guy and just to to work in sports you know I say this sometimes too is I, I worked one summer at Subway right when it you know kind of first came out in like the late 90s yeah and um, I love, I was like, oh, you know, my town was so small, we didn't have fast food, you know, Subway and a gas station was the first, you know, fast food. And I was a huge, I just loved it. You know, it was like, just, it was just it blew my mind how amazing Subway was. And then I worked there and I worked there for like, you know, summer and it was awful. Like, I just, I couldn't even eat it anymore. It was like nasty. That's how I feel like sports is so, youth sports has sort of jaded me. You know, I love yeah. sports. It's, you know, my whole life has been, you know, involved in sports in some way. But I've been making the sausage for too long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that I've become <laughs> jaded, that, like, I've seen the inner workings of sports. So, you know, I can't really kick it because I, I, you know, I, I couldn't what... imagine selling, you know, bathroom fixtures or something, you yeah. know. But So I want to be in sports, but I purposely created our tours to be different. And I try really hard, and it's an uphill battle that I'm, you know, yeah. very difficult. But, um, but it, yeah, I want something different. 
Yeah. If you were a parent, if you were going to talk to a parent and what lies would you say? Cause they're obviously believing some form of lies about them or their kids or something like what would be the stuff that if you would hear or warn a parent, like if you're hearing this, just let the red flags go up. Yeah. I mean, look at the names of the teams. I mean, every single club team is named elite. You know, because obviously they learned if we put elite in the team name, then it's easier for us to charge twice as much or we can convince people it costs more. You know, it's just kind of, it's kind of common sense, right? (laughs) you know, like, um, what lies, you know, are they? Maybe not lies or red flags or something where it's like, if you're hearing this too much, just be careful, tread cautiously. Yeah, I just think, I just think. There's just there's some reverence with coaches mm-hmm. that I don't get. You know, like you're a coach, I'm a coach. Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm not. You know, I have I'm kind of like you know I'm a dentist about to make a joke about a dentist. You know, <laughs> I, I can I, I feel like I can do it because right. you know I'm talking about myself. But coaches aren't that smart. It's not. You know, we don't we we have so much reverence for coaches. Like we treat them like like they're such a big deal. And oh, this is what I what I what I, what I was going to mention before. So when I was a college coach, you know, I was I didn't I was got into college coaching when I was 22. Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry, I had a guy pop by. Um. The um. When I was a college coach, I was very young. Yeah. You know, 22 years old, and I would wear polo shirts of the logo of my school, and um. And, uh, you know, people would come up to me with such, they'd be like, oh, you know, they'd kiss in my butt and just like, oh, coach so-and-so. And they'd never use my name, yeah. you know, and it's, I'm 22 years old and somebody's in their late forties and they're calling me coach. And I'm like, you don't need to call me coach. I'm Tim. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not your coach. Like I'm, I don't even coach your kid. You're just some guy that I'm seeing at some, oh, coach. Oh, you don't coach. Oh, coach. You know? And I would, I just hated it so much. I would go out of my way, you know, high school coaches would, would introduce them. So oh, I'm coach Johnson. Oh, I'm coach Jackson. Oh, coach. Oh, you know, I'm just like, we'll just get over ourselves with this stuff. <laughs> we all got names. So, you know, coaches would email me and they're like, this is coach Johnson. And I'd look up his name or whatever. And I'd be like, hi, Jim, you know, just to kind of, I just break that down. I just thought it was so stupid. But anyway, yeah, I think most, most parents, they just, they just, they're afraid they hold these, these coaches in such high regard that if we just looked at each other as just people in the community and not, you know, a paid coach, and you asked me before what one thing I could do to that I could wave a wand and do it. Yeah. I don't think people coaching anybody under the age of 18 should be being paid to do it. I just think if, if, if the coaches were volunteers, you'd, ha- you'd have no problem. That's a good point. You know, you, you know, why, why are we to pay coaches? You know, now if you're employed by a high school and you know, they want to give you a little stipend for whatever, for your extra time, I get that. But you know, youth coaches, why, why do you have to pay? Why do you get paid? Yeah. If you're doing it because you like coaching then do it, you're obviously not making a ton of money. Why? You know, so, so I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place in that answer, but you know, I think I coached for the free shirts. That's what I did for the free shirts. Yeah, yeah, just because you like the sport and oh, like yeah. being around kids. And, you know, so I think if we 
um, if parents kind of understood, you know, coaches aren't that bright. You know, even the really good ones a lot of times aren't that smart. Um, you know, do what's best for your kid. You know, <laughs> and there's there's so many kids nowadays that are like robbed of their 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 um, childhood because they have to go travel. Right. You know, they ha- and I, it's funny because I own a travel business, but it, it's different. <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, oh, I hear this all the time. Oh, this team is good. They go, they go all over the, the East Coast. They go to, they go to, they go to uh, Las Vegas and Orlando. Yeah, the big oh, places. Okay, how much that cost you? A couple grand every time they go somewhere. You're literally, you're getting on a plane and you're flying over the top of 20,000 teams you could play to go play some other team, you know, five states away. What's the point? Right. You know, like I had a, I had a, the game isn't any better. Yeah. I had some kids, I had a kid come up to me when I was coaching. He goes, and they were talking about going to a plane for this travel team where they would travel to, they're from here in Denver and they would travel to Dallas, Los Angeles, and a number of places to play. And I told him, I go, Hey, look, if you do it, it's great, but enjoy the time when you're there. Cause this is gonna be the only time in your life where you can make, three four five six trips in a year and yeah once you become an adult you may get one of those a year to go somewhere new you know where you're jumping yeah. on a plane to go somewhere so i'm like enjoy those places go go do something outside of basketball while you're out there you know find time yeah. to go to the beach find time to go to a museum find time to go do something because you just you're not- yeah i mean uh, yeah Ob- yeah obviously if you count up all the money you're spending to go on these five trips, you could just play with local teams. Maybe, I don't know, go in your yard and practice a little bit over the summer too. (laughs) And then go on, you know, a really cool, fun vacation. You know, don't, don't spend all of your last dollars getting on a plane to go to some gym that looks just like the gym that you have in your home town. Smells the same. um, Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, it. I mean, don't even get me started with traveling with like eight-year-olds. <laughs> right. You know, there's there's a lot of like travel teams for like oh, there's they're elite. You know, they go they go all up and down the East Coast. I mean, who are they playing? They're playing other kids whose parents make enough money to afford to travel with their eight-year-old to play sports against them. Ugh. I mean, you could literally go one town over and play that town, or you could play people in your own town and get the same experience from it. And I would even argue that. The opposite, you're actually a lot of times getting a less of an experience because let's say you are a kid that goes on one of those travel teams. Well, maybe you're, you know, you're, you're a basketball kid. You're just the, the three-point shooter on this big travel team. But if you played with your local high school, you'd get a better chance to work on your all-around game. Yeah. So these parents think they're like making their kids so much better because you're getting them with these good players and on this elite team or whatever. But all he's doing is he's playing 10 minutes a game, and he's just asked to shoot two or three threes a game, and that's it. Well, that kid's not getting better as a basketball player because he's not has the ball in his hands a lot. He's not asked to be a scorer. He's just playing this one little role for this travel team. Or if you're a baseball pitcher, you know, they, they go and travel these big tournaments, and you pitch two innings. Yeah. Well, you could have stayed home and played with your local team, and you could have, you know, got the full amount of work, and that would be better for you. But nobody ever thinks about that. You know, no. they just think about – how it looks to the Joneses, you know, like it's, Oh, this is it's a, much better a lot of what's happening. Yeah. A lot of what's happening in youth sports is just trying to make sure you're, you're better than your neighbors. That's, that's you know, and they don't play in the, and they don't play in the backyard to prove it. Who's better anymore. 
They wait. They wait till their club yeah. teams play each other. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, well, Tim, I appreciate it. Tell me a little bit more about your travel company. Um, yeah, it's Student Athlete World. So, you know, anybody wants to go look it up. It's it's basically um, combining sport, the uh, love of sport, with the the benefits of international international travel. So, our tours do a lot of um, cultural appreciation. We focus on uh, personal development, leadership development. Um, sometimes we add a community service component to um, to our trips as well, and we try to. And fun is yeah. the other part of it too. It's a vacation. We want families to go, and uh, one of the things I hear a lot from parents is that um, you know, especially as their 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 son usually gets a little older and doesn't want to hang out with mom or dad anymore because you know he's too cool for that this type of trip is a good opportunity <laughs> to to do that because the parents can go to Europe and get all the culture and the stuff that they like. And the kid gets basketball or, you know, whatever the sport is we work in all, most sports. Okay. Um, so, uh, so it's kind of like a great family trip because um, the kid's doing what he wants to do. The parents get uh, part of what they want to do and we mesh it all together into a really cool group um group travel experience so um that's awesome most of our trips are in this yeah most of our trips are in the summer a lot of our athletes uh it's very patriotic we represent the u.s we make a big deal out of that uh, a lot of kids can fundraise the entire cost of the trip we've had tons of kids do that and, and go for free i talked about earlier how you know we have a selection process so we try to get really good kids and and it's really something else and i started doing these trips in 2006 mm-hmm. and um when I was a college coach and if you've never done it before it's just one of the most unique experiences of my life I mean it's just I, there's people that I traveled with on a 10-day trip in 2006 that I still I still like I only met them those 10 days you know 13 years ago and I still can picture their faces I know their names like I I'm like intimately connected to these people just because we went to Europe together, you know, 13 years ago on a 10 day trip. And a lot of our clients say a similar thing. It's a, it's a very weird um, feeling because you spend so much time in a short amount of time with somebody um, that it's, it's, it's really neat. So it's it's unique. It's different. There's not a lot like it out there and kind of, kind of a cool thing. That's awesome. I do have one more question before I let you go, Tim, because you're in your forties. I'm approaching my forties and you've coached basketball i try to coach basketball so with the attire for coaches as when i hit 40 am i allowed to now tuck in my polo shirt into basketball shorts oh ooh, that's that's the that's coach mo- that's a coach move there it is I, it's a, I don't think that's a move i ever i ever did but i got out of coaching before i got old enough to do that so <laughs> okay. i didn't know if, like what the if now, you knew a protocol on that like how like i'm the old guy on the staff now so i feel like I'm i should be embracing polo that guy so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no i think you got to do it you got now that you're uh now when you hit 40 you gotta you know you gotta you can't be the 40 year old that's uh just trying to dress too young that's almost worse you got to embrace embrace your uh Embrace your dad bod. Embrace, uh, embrace being four. I just turned forty a couple weeks ago. Okay, so all right. I'm so I'm trying to do 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 all I can to <laughs> embrace forty and not, you know, not uh, not shy away from it. Do so. you get to yell at kids now to stay off your yard too? I do. I well, 
Yeah, you know, I think having kids makes you get a little old too in a hurry. So okay. Um, I I feel like in my late thirties I would find ways to connect with uh, the younger generation, and now I've just embraced the fact that they're aliens and I don't understand anything that they think about the world. So and I'm okay with that. Okay with that. <laughs> it's accept it's accepting the reality of where we live, right? Yeah, and my challenge as a parent um, to young kids is to help make the next generation less dumb than this one. That's my, uh, that's my goal every day. All right. You know? Don't set the bar too high now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I appreciate it. I'll post this up. We'll put your uh, link here in the description in case anyone missed it. And uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Good talking to you, Rob. Hey, good talking to you, Tim. Talk to you soon. Yeah. See you. Later.